Hey there, and thanks for tuning in. I've added this note to the beginning of my most recent and highest downloaded episodes to let you know of a few changes and hopefully avoid any confusion for you as listeners. You will hear me call the show Life After Business as well as reference various ventures I've been a part of over the years. When I started the show, I originally named it Life After Business because I was on a mission to learn everything I wish I would have known before we sold our family business back in 2014. And after 200 episodes and Tons of information that I've learned. I finally decided to change the name to better reflect me, the content, and the guests. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is business owners and entrepreneurs who were the happiest and most successful, in my mind, didn't focus only on sucking all the cash out of the company, and they knew the business was going to eventually continue on without them at some point in time. They literally knew exactly what they wanted from their business long term and why. They intentionally focused on building a valuable company so they could have the freedom of choices to do what they wanted from the business. So they focused on strategies that would grow value long term and give them the freedom to choose. You can learn more about the name change, my major lessons, and our definition of intentional growth in episode 200. Enjoy the episode that you're listening to right now, and thanks for being a listener. Welcome to Life After Business, the podcast that helps you understand how to increase the value of your business, what your company is worth, and what your exit options are. Host Ryan Tansom and his guests give you all the information you need to get clarity and control over your business and take pride in a valuable company that gives you freedom and choices to exit on your terms. How's it going? Thanks for tuning back in. This is episode 194. And today we're going to be talking about one of the probably the most timely and relevant and useful topics that I know everybody's talking about is your cash flow. How do you get a handle on your cash flow? A couple of the episodes I've done recently have just absolutely been more popular than any of the episodes I've done for almost four years is because everybody's trying to figure out how to get their hands wrapped around their cash flow. So what we're going to be talking about today is how to master your cash flow and how to get clear on what you need to be doing today, how to get intentional so that way you're building a plan so you can actually come out of this ahead and then how to get going and what you need to be doing to execute on the foundation that you built for the financial clarity that you've gotten. How are we going to be breaking this down? So I've got my business partner, Pat, and I on the show. We're going to be talking about each of these steps on how to get clear, get intentional, get going, and what we've done to create digital products over the last five weeks to make it useful for you to get access to, to get the information and build your plan. We start the conversation about what's going on in the economy, what Pat has seen before, what we're working on with our clients, and just overall kind of state of the union. And then we really dive into what is getting clear clear mean for your financials and what can you be doing right now? A couple of the big things that we dive into are the 13-week cash flow statement. A lot of people are talking about that and were uh, messaging me about Jeff Sands and the turnaround episode I did recently, but we spend more time on that of why is it important no matter whether you're a successful business right now or you have gotten the crap kicked out of you or you're just trying to recalibrate. Really getting your hands wrapped around that 13-week cash flow statement is the foundation to any successful business and being able to capitalize on any opportunities that come down the road road from this pandemic. And also another component of getting clear is building a budget from the ground up if you've never done so, or if you already have, revising that budget and forecast to reflect the new reality of what you think, your revenue, your net profit, and everything that is going to be flowing into your costs, how to actually do that. We talk about what good looks like, 
And what are the processes that you need to be thinking about and why a budget and forecast is important and revising that will get you clarity on what you need to be doing going forward. And on that note, we have built out a small $95 digital course about mastering your cash flow, which has seven videos about the 13-week cash flow statement detailed instructions about how to build it out, what you need to be doing for you, your team, your finance department, your accountant, whoever you you are using to help. Obviously, we can help as well. It comes with the template. It's completely dynamic, so that way you can be plugging things in. If you check out the links in this podcast show notes, we'll have links right to the landing page where it has the entire curriculum of this digital course. We then also have an entire section about how to build a budget from the ground up. I think there's 10 different videos that all add up to over an hour's worth of material on how to build a budget from the ground up, how to include your balance sheet, how to include your P&L, your cash flow statement, time all together, project out your balance sheet so you can literally see in clear terms how you're tapping into your line of credit and your working capital so that way you've got clarity on all this stuff because as you're building your budget and you're building your forecast and your 13-week cash flow statement, that's the foundation to then do the second step, which is get intentional. And by getting intentional, I'm talking about building a plan to grow value for the long term with an end in mind. So that way, if you want to acquire a company, if you want to double down on a product or service or change, you have, you're, you're literally looking at a financial dashboard that says, this is how much gross profit I'm making. This is how it boils down into net profit, how it boils down into EBITDA, normalized EBITDA valuation. And so I can be growing my multiple growing my EBITDA and paying down debt to get what you want. It's going to be hard work to get the information put together, but I'll tell you what, once you have it, getting intentional, making the decisions and having the freedom to choose is the result once you have that information in one spot. And how we have been able to help people get intentional is we've created a digital course on the five intentional growth principles. So our live bootcamp, we've boiled it down to the best material into five and a half hours, 36 videos, all the content, net proceeds, calculators, valuations, exits, all that stuff into the intentional growth digital course. You can also check that out in the show notes and we'll have links there. That's how you got to get intentional. It takes by learning what you need to be doing now to shift your mindset from annual income and revenue to long-term value creation. Then Pat and I are talking about how do you get going? Getting going is by executing on the clarity that you have and the intentional growth plan that you put into place. How are you understanding your financials, your financial strategy, and your strategic plan that's getting implemented using a system like EOS? There's a lot here. I'm super excited to be able to launch the Mastering Your Cash Flow digital course, the Intentional Growth digital course. Check out the links. The first place to start is by checking out the Mastering Your Cash Flow digital course because there's a ton of information in there, all the templates, and you'll get everything you need for you and your team to get a handle on your cash and what you're doing right now. Check out the podcast where Pat and I dive further into this, and I wish you the best, and please reach out if you got any questions. So without further ado, here is Pat and I and how to master your cash flow. Sponsored by Arcona's Growth and Exit Boot Camps. Two days jam-packed with material on the five growth and exit principles and the world of mergers and acquisitions. You'll walk away knowing exactly what steps to take to get your target valuation and your best exit option. Two days at Arcona's Boot Camp will give you the clarity to control the rest of your journey as an entrepreneur. 
All right. So we are here and Pat and I are going to be talking about how we have changed our business model, what's going on in the economy, what's going on with businesses, what's going on with our clients. You know, the goal of this and what we want to do in this video is be able to describe to you what can you be doing right now as things have become a lot more uncertain. And things are, you know, certain things that are a priority now might not have been uh, when you started in 2020. So the goal of this video is to get clear, get intentional and get going. So what we're going to start with is uh, before we go into each of those buckets is, you know, what's kind of going on in the economy, what's going on with our, uh, with our clients and with business in general. And then we're going to be describing to you about how you can actually get clear and get financial clarity and get a handle of what you can be doing now. And then how to shift your mindset and then how to start focusing on that long-term plan. Yeah. You know, in my decades long of experience in business, these are some crazy times that we're going through, (laughs) you know, something like, you know, you think about other times in the past 9-11 or the 87 stock market crash, you know, it, it, they're, they're all different, but these are crazy times, but these are, this is when you got to keep your head about you, especially when you're a business owner get some clarity around your business. What's going on today? What do you need to do to keep the wheels moving and keep things going? And it, and it may seem counterintuitive, but it's the time to start thinking about the future. Time to think about being intentional and, and, and figuring out when this passes and this will pass, what these crazy times we're in will pass. Uh, don't know how, how quickly, but it, I, I do know it will pass. You want to be positioned then to grow the value of your business so that you're just not, you're not stuck in some rut. And uh, um, that's what we've been doing with our business. We've been talking to our clients. A lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are asking questions. Uh, we have one client now who's we're working with on an acquisition. He, he, you know, that, that came an opportunity that came up a couple weeks ago and he's like, what do you think? And I, we were like, absolutely. Let's, let's think about it and look at it and see if it makes sense. Well, I think, you know, as, you know, Pat, as, as we've been watching our clients through the, the kind of the different sectors of the economy, I mean, it's, there's nothing untouched right now. And, the, and right. regardless of when someone's watching this, you know, they're, they might've already gone through the whole PPP. They might've gone through different things, whether it's, you know, first part of 2020 or end of 2020, things just are just different. And so what we want to make sure that we're doing is kind of relaying to people, like, what can they be doing to manage in uncertain times, right? And I, and I hate to use a lot of the cliche stuff that goes on of yeah. like survive and then thrive and then uncertain times. But the reality is there's very specific things that we can be doing and we can be relaying because everybody's balance sheets are shrinking right now. I mean, with the economy, you know, in contraction, depending on when they're watching this, there's, there's going to have to be things that have to be done to get a handle on okay, where am I at right now? And then, so, you know, how, you know, if the listener's listening, how can I be the person that is acquiring right now? Like, what is the, the, the people that are out there, they've got the time and energy and the foundation. How can I do that? Cause I, I mean, I even talked to someone that says, okay, I, I wasn't in the position in 08, 09 to, you know, to make the moves, but I think I can now, but where, yeah. how do I do that? So maybe kind of just realize, you know, the different spectrum of clients that we have, like what's the different mindsets, what are people struggling with and what, and what are, what's that, what are people doing that are, that's working? I mean, we have some clients that, uh, you know, are deemed essential in their state. So they're still in business and they happen to be doing work that's in demand. And I mean, we have one client where they probably had a record quarter. I mean, they just, you know, going, going full bore and, and doing that, but yet they're, t- they're doing things differently We're we're working with them to, you know, is is their growth now or their increased business just pulling demand ahead from pre next future quarters, or is mm-hmm. this just you know increased demand? How's their how's their forecast going to change for the year? Um, we have other clients that are shut down. You know, they're retail businesses, and they 
they're like, okay, now what do I do? How am I gonna, you know, how do I hunker down and, and figure out how to get through this and start planning for when things ease up and they they open their stores and they get back into business. But all of those things, first thing you got to do is just get clarity on where you are. You mentioned mm-hmm. balance sheets, you know, those companies with strong balance sheets are the ones who are going to come through the easiest. A lot of business owners don't like to look at the balance sheet. They want to see how much money they made, you know, <laughs> last month, last quarter, last year. And that's important to make money. But man, having a strong balance sheet where you've 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 not drained the company of assets or you've, you know, you've been smart about your working capital, that's that's gonna separate, you know, a lot of people who who get through this with less or more difficulty than others if they've um, you know, that that kind of applies to all of us personally too. You know, if you've if in your personal life, if you've if you've kind of developed a strong balance sheet and net worth, you know, you're gonna get through this a little bit easier than somebody hasn't. But regardless of where you are on that spectrum, mm-hmm. getting some clarity about where you are today and how do I get through the next quarter, you know, and the rest of the year um, in a in a way that sets me up for the future is to me the key. Well, that's what we're going to be diving into. And I think even before we do that, I think, you know, as you and I have talked about kind of categorizing businesses in one of three categories right now, and because I like to simplify things like that is you got the people that, you know, there's certain, there's industries that are just shut down. Like, I mean, there's nothing you can do to bring your revenue back, bring your customers back, hospitality events, whatever it might be. But then you've got kind of the bell curve of the, the, the general hopefully the general uh, masses of, okay, I've gotten hit. I don't know where it's going to happen. I'm kind of fine right now, but I don't know how the buying behaviors are going to change. I don't know what's going to happen as far as when and how things get opened up or the, you know, like all the uncertainty, you know, I might've had a, a contraction of 10, 20, 30%. I'm fine, but what's my plan going forward? And then you have the, I think it's kind of binary because then you get the other, the other smaller percentage that they, you know, exponential growth because they were, you know, kind of a new incoming technology or something. And then all of a sudden they're in huge demand. Zoom went from 10 million daily users to 200 million. I mean, that's again, more the rarity. So we're kind of speaking to the the middle, the middle right. section of like, okay, recalibrate, what do I got to do? And that's what we're going to be talking about in, the, in this videos of, in the, the podcast of get clear, get intentional and get going. So let's talk about what does it mean to get clear? And again, regardless of where you're at, someone, you got to get a handle on this in order to be the person that's acquiring or growing or having the ability to hit your uh, valuation targets that you want long-term. So, you know, let's think about like, Pat, you know, all the clients that we work with, I mean, the, the, I've found, I found it really intriguing because you've had decades of experience in financial management of companies of being a CFO. And I've watched over my years, people not necessarily care as much. They know it's necessary, but the hard work didn't provide the value and the return necessarily of doing the, the, the details uh, that they probably should. But no matter what, now you got you to gotta really understand your data to be able to figure out how to capitalize on an opportunity or be able to double down on a profit center or a product or a supplier. You need the information. So let's talk about what, what does it mean to get clear? So if you were to engage with any business right now, what are the first few things that you would need in order to start making those decisions? Well, you know, prior to this, prior to this crisis that we're in, whatever, whatever term you want to use, I mean, we were, at, we were at 10, 11, 12 years of a very long, you know, good economic time, not even just the stock market, just the economy, a lot of growth, a lot of demand. 
you know, a lot of business owners, they look and see how much money they made last month and how much cash is in the, in the bank account. You know, that may, <laughs> bank may, balance accounting, right? <laughs> bank balance accounting. That may be the extent of their financial analysis and thinking about it. That's not good enough anymore. In my opinion, it wasn't good enough in the past because it really didn't help you achieve your goals long term. You know, it just kind of got you by. But financial clarity is where are you today? Um, what's going to happen cash wise, cash flow wise over the next 13 weeks and 13 weeks is the number because it's a quarter of a year. You know, what what's coming in, what's going out, you know, projecting that, monitoring it every week, adjusting it every week, because the first step is to get through this time period. You know, mm -hmm. there are a lot of government programs. Do you have PPP? You know, do you have idle? Are you factoring that in? Are you not, you know, just so that in a quarter from now, 13 weeks from now, I'll have a good sense of where I am. Have I talked to my bank? Am I, am I working with my customers, my vendors? You know, um, what's the status of my employees? Just all those things that are going on. You got to distill those and, and they can all be quantified in a cash flow forecast. And, and you need to do that. And that'll just give you so much clarity as to where you think you'll be. Now, it won't be perfect. That's why you have to adjust it every week based on information you get. But but you just have to you have to have that clarity in a way that three months ago you may not have needed. Well right. And that's things, about things what, are just going well and just rolling along and 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 you know when I think about like the, the the decisions that get made and you know you and I's favorite word is intentional and, and with the lack of intention where it's all all of a sudden okay bills are coming due I don't have revenue coming in so I'm going to tap my line of credit. I'm going to go from 250 grand up to 1.2 million. And next thing you know, you, you look up and you know, the end of the year and you're going, holy crap, I'm X amount in debt and I didn't have the revenue coming in. So I shouldn't have done that. Or, or like, you know, all those, or I should have sold more of this product or this, all those decisions were regardless if you're in major cash crisis, or even if you're just going, okay, I got a shock, or I can see a tidal wave coming as, as the, this ripple effect happens to my customers who are up the supply chain, and I see that happening in six months, this is still important because of those decisions, right? I mean, it's not just something that the desperate need. No, I mean, you should be doing that all along. You should be monitoring your cash flow, you know, as, as part of your ongoing financial analysis process, just you know, do you have to do it weekly for 13 weeks? You might not do it depending on your, your, your business. Now you do. You know, that could be the one change. But even when we come out of this, having a cash flow projection for the year, for the next 12 months, month by month, is critically important to know, you know, if, if you're implementing the strategies that you want to implement in order to grow the value of your business with an end in mind, which is what we always say about, about intentional growth, you need to you need to understand how the implementation of those strategies affects your your financial statements. Financials are the language of business. Uh, a lot of business owners don't want to dwell on them or analyze them or work with them, but man, I'm telling you, that's how that's how you understand in a significant way how valuable a business is by looking at the financial statements and analyzing it. So, because right, it's all about how understanding what decisions you can make, right? And I think that's what we're gonna we're gonna be talking about now, and what we're uh, what we're uh, showing in the mastering your cash flow uh, module in the, the of the mini series and. 
how that is the bridge into the long-term view, right? Because, you know, as a lot of entrepreneurs, accounting used to just be looking through the rear mirror, right? So it's the language of business, but it's not that important if I, if it doesn't do anything for me to see through the, 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 the windshield and see into the future. But what you're talking about, the 13 week cash flow saving gives you some visibility into what's going on in the next 90 days, but that's just a stepping stone to get you into what does the rest of this year look like? And then how does that go into the long-term target of a valuation or EBITDA that I need? But there, you can't just go to the long-term because that doesn't matter otherwise. So what, you know, besides the 13-week cash flow statement, how do you, like, what, other, what else do you need right now in order to get to that long-term? Well, ho- hopefully most business owners have done a budget for 2020. You know, uh, it's amazing to find that people don't all the time. And you know, you need to be doing that because that is the next step in order for you to be able to say, where am I going? Where am I going to be at the end of the year? So a lot of people, if, if you haven't developed the budget, now's the time to do it. Even though it's it's April when we're recording this video and the year started, you can't say, well, I'm just not going to do it because I didn't start at the beginning of the year. Now, well, if you, even if you did, it's irrelevant at this point. <laughs> well, now's the time to do it. If you if you prepared one for 2020, you need to revisit it. You know, chances are um, it's not going to it's not going to turn out the way you thought. So you need to do that. And, and in our in our in our course, we talk about not just doing a P and L, but but projecting out your balance sheet and statement of cash flows. You know, you got to see if your balance sheet's strong enough to withstand the shock that has come. Mm-hmm. And when you revise your budget and and you have your balance sheet that you're projecting um, based on realistic assumptions in your statement of cash flows. You'll see how it goes through the end of the year. Am I, is my line of credit sufficient to get me through these times? Do I need more capital? Do I, you know, just all those questions. It's just not good enough to, to have an income statement budget. You got you to gotta do your three statements in order to really understand the impact of this kind of situation. Or if, if when you come out of it, if you were in a growth mode, Mm-hmm. You know, is is your what's the impact of of big growth? Let's let's say we have this big downturn, but then we have a big upturn. You know, do I have the working capital capable of of sustaining that and supporting that kind of growth? So, well, I think know, let's. Well, what I want to do, Pat, is a, is a, just give an example of what that means with those three statements. The kind of like reality that could look like is okay. So I'm looking at my P and L. I understand now revised budget. Okay, this is what my net income is going to be. I, I kind of got an understanding. Okay, in the next 13 weeks, here's what's going to happen with my cash. Here's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen with my P and L. But then from the balance sheet, what is my are my are my liabilities growing off the charts based on what's happening? And then okay, based on what's going to happen with my assets and liabilities by the end of this year, when you talk about the growth, what, what, when we show this in our course and we're able to, literally you can model this stuff out and say, okay, well, let's say I get out of this, but then all of a sudden I want to do that acquisition. I want to buy the cheap machinery or get the labor or hire the, all the stuff. And you say growth consumes capital. Well, all the stuff to actually get that rate of return and have a more valuable business is going to, you're going to have to buy stuff. <laughs> and so yeah. being okay. able to show that. You're going to have to implement strategies. We're going to get through this. So then you got you're going to be back to, what strategies are you going to implement in order to grow the value of your business? Growth can be expensive from a working capital point of view. So you got to figure out, you know, where that is. And after your annual budget, then you need to say, what am I going to be like two or three or four years from now? You know, having projections out the year, those out those number of years. I know now for a lot of business owners, they may be like, okay, that's too much for me to think about now. 
you know, uh, what it's going to be like in three years. I'm just trying to get through the next three months. I think that's very, very valid. And I get that. But all these steps kind of build on each other. A 13 mm-hmm. cash flow, revising this year's budget, looking towards, you know, projections in what we call the out years, two or three or four years out. Those are all steps that will build on each other and, and put you in a position to grow the value of your business with an end in mind and help you achieve the the goals, both financially and, and personally, that you want to achieve by owning a business. You, you, you became an entrepreneur for a reason. Ryan talks a lot of times about what some of those reasons are. But the end in mind is to have a valuable business. It gives you choices and freedom, period. It choices and freedom. <laughs> period. It does. And, and uh, keeping your eye, you got to have one eye on the, on the short term now to make sure you're, you're taking the steps by understanding what the consequences of your actions are. You know, are people paying you? Are you paying people? How much debt are you accruing? You know, do you have a good relationship with your banker, your customers, your vendors? Having one eye on that, but having another eye on, on the longer term, because you don't want to, you don't want to spend all your effort on this, come out of this and be okay. And then not have a plan for the future. Well, I was going to say, what if people pass you by? If that's all you're doing, you're just going to be living in the 13 week cash flow statement perpetually. And that's not the point, right? So going back to your point of, okay, if I can't look at the future right now, the goal is do your 13 week cash flow statement, revise your budget, and start building that forecast according to the new world that we're living in. So then you say, okay, now I've got this stepping stone. Now, how do I actually look out? And what we are just begging everybody to do is don't just look at top line revenue for the next two, three years, right? Don't just blindly grow, blindly take out debt. There was 12 years of that. Quit doing it. <laughs> like if there's one huge, you know, huge ass that we have for everybody for their own sake. Now let's, it, now is the time to do things differently, which is, I'll let you do it. So how do we do things differently? What is the thing that we have to do in order to, in, in order to do that? You're shift losing. your mindset. Shift your, you, you have to shift your mindset. You have to, you have to get away from thinking as a business owner, what money can I take out of the business this year to satisfy what I want on the personal side? I'm not saying business owners shouldn't make money and and be rewarded for all the hard work that they put into it. But when you want to grow the value of your business for the long term, you've got to balance today versus the future, taking out current income this year and salaries or distributions versus investing in the business. And that's why we talk about developing strategies to grow the value of your business taking those strategies, modeling them into your financial forecast, your budget and your forecast, and see the impact on your, on your financials, on your, on your income statement, your balance sheet, your statement of cash flows that will directly impact the value of your, biz- the value of your business long term. That is what we want for everybody to do, shift their mindset to be focusing on their business as an asset. And you want all your assets to grow in value. If you buy a stock in the stock market, What's your goal? You want it to be worth more five years from now than it was worth today. Um, so you got to do the things. The nice thing about being a business owner, you have some influence, you have some control over those things. Well, and now there's a, there's a better, there's a better reason than ever. Then it starts with the financial foundation. I mean, this is how all the decisions are made. So if we talk about you got clear, so the first step you get, you're getting clear, you got your 13 week cash statement, the budget, the, the, uh, the forecast now, okay, we've shifted our mindset. What does that look like? Okay, 
let's take it just a, a story of an example of someone that has gotten intentional. So, that, okay, now I'm intentional about this. Well, if my company is doing a million in EBITDA, which we did all the forecasts and our goal is to do a million in EBITDA and have it be worth a four or five times that. So let's call it $5 million. What are you going to take home from that today? Because you can measure and monitor your value. And then you say, okay, well, of the million dollars in, in EBITDA, 300 grand goes to taxes. What are we going to do with the rest? Let's have a plan for when and how we take those distributions so you can buy your boat, your cabin, your, your whatever you want to do with those. Plan those out. Plan out the growth in your financials and in your strategy and your strategic plan so you can know if you're going to reinvest 400 grand this year, where is it going to go? And why? And then to have the financial foundation and Pat, you can explain like, okay, if we have that, that, that growth mode and we have that allocated, how are we going to use our, our, our current foundation to supply that growth? So why don't you kind of explain when intentional growth happens, how are in the financials and the different ways that they can actually invest in and, and purchase or, or, or invest in that growth? Yeah. You know, a lot of times business owners will, they'll take out a bunch of money out of the business and they feel great about it. But what they end up doing is starving the business of investments that are needed to grow. In the, in the example that Ryan's using, if somebody it says, okay, I'm at a million dollars a day and my business is worth five million so I can, after I pay the taxes and maybe spend a little bit on CapEx or, or whatever it might be, I take a whole bunch of money out. What they don't do is think about the long term. And if you go through the, the work and it seems complicated to do all this stuff. It's not. It's not it's complicated. Hard work. <laughs> it's just. It's just some hard work to get it done. But if you say, if I want to, if my goal in five years, and we have a client, then I'm sure he's listening to this, and and I hope he can't recognize himself. But he wants to. He wants to grow his EBITDA to a certain point. Grow the value, basically double the value, get a higher multiple, pay down some debt, and then. He has an end in mind, maybe to sell it to an ESOP so his employees become the owners. He's got intention of what to do and how to do it. And all that's being translated through the financial to say, you know, am I, first of all, picking the strategies that I need to pick to grow the EBITDA and the normalized EBITDA to be specific? And we talk about that in our in our videos to get it to a certain point to increase my multiple, pay down my debt and achieve the value that I want so that if I sell it, and I pay my taxes, I pay the debt off, I run it through my net proceeds calculation, am I going to put in my bank account the amount of money that I want to put in my bank account? And am I going to achieve the other goals that I have because I now have freedom and choices to do the things oh, yeah. that, that that benefit and, and achieve my my driver's help um, that are non-financial? So that's, that's the way you do it. it it's something that Every business owner dreams of having freedom and choices to do what they want at the end of the day. And sadly, so many of them don't get there. And, and it's the, the choice. They lack the intentional mindset um, that's necessary to do that. Well, and, and, and we'll, we'll kind of explain to everybody that, like, there's a way to get there, like, understanding Absolutely. what, what include, what's included into being able to make those choices. Because so many times it's, those choices, you want those choices, you don't get them because the financials aren't there. Unfortunately, a lot of this stuff, there's this perfect blend between all the emotional things that you want and the legacy, 
But then there's the finances, right? There's reality of like, okay, this is what I need to make my living and you know meet all my needs and a little bit above my needs. But then above and beyond that, you have choices if you've gotten those financial uh, targets already accomplished. So how we have helped people and in what I want to leave you with is how we've helped people shift their mindset and actually get intentional is by these five principles. And there's a sequential order for them. And there's a logic to them to help you use them as a guiding lens to making decisions. Once you understand them, then you can say, okay, this decision, this investment, this thing that's coming at me, here's how I'm going to make those decisions because I've understood what's important to me and how we're going to go get them. So the first principle of the five intentional growth principles is your drivers. So as you're thinking about this, you're going, okay, I now I'm clear what what my, I got financial clarity. I'm getting intentional. How do I do that? You got to understand what do you want and why, what do you want from your business legacy, family harmony? Is it a specific leadership role? There's some, you know, disrupting industry. There's some driving passion and force. Hopefully uh, you as an entrepreneur that you've identified that means success to you long-term. You have to identify that and write that down so that way you can stack the other four principles on top of each other. So Pat, what's the second principle? The second principle are your financial targets. What annual income do you want now? Do you want maybe when you sell the business? Is it going to fund your next venture? Are you going to retire? Just just what is it? So your annual income, you know, figuring that out is, is the next phase. What's your net worth outside the value of your business? Uh, a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, the, the main asset they have in their net worth is their business, but you need to understand what other assets you have outside of, of your net worth, um, outside of the value of your business uh, in your net worth so that, that you can just kind of understand how that impacts you know, your annual income and, and, and your future. The third one is the value of your business. You've got to understand what the value of your business is today. Uh, so many people are just, they go to a social event or they go to a golf course and somebody's talking about, I sold my business for this, that, or the other amount. Uh, first of all, don't believe most of what people tell you, but <laughs> understanding the value of your business today. And if you were to sell it, what would go in your, in your bank account? It's just critical to understand these three financial targets. And then when you understand what you want and why, what are your financial targets? Now you can stack the third principle on top of that, which is what are your exit options? And we talk about exit options because you got to learn and being intentional is understanding how the story can unfold. And you need to understand your W-2 role, so your management role. How do you want that story to unfold and what your transition from your role eventually and what do you want your role to look like? And then when and how do you liquidate your ownership? Because each exit option between ESOP, private equity, third party, family transition, management bio, each one of those will impact your role differently as well as the value of your company. And you layer those on top of your personal drivers and your financial targets. So now you have some decisions to say, okay, like that story pad said, that ESOP and that value, they've got this idea of what I want long-term because if I double the value of my company, I can do this with my legacy and I can hit these financial targets. Now I've got choices. So then when we watch people bring those three principles on top of each other, they say, well, how do I do that? Now I, you, I'm bought in, Pat. Okay, I get it. I've shifted my mind. So now what? Yeah, nine times out of 10, 95 times out of 100, a high percentage, when they go through this process, they identify what their drivers are. They understand what their financial targets are. They understand what the different exit options are. They look at all those things. And most times business owners say, okay, what my business is worth today 
does not give me the the freedom and the control and the value that I would want to that I would need in order to to meet all those goals. So I've got to increase the value of my business. Um, that's the fourth principle: increasing value. The way you increase value is you inc- you can there are three different ways you can increase your normalized EBITDA. You can increase your multiples and you can pay down debt. Uh, we talk a lot about those items. You have to assess your business and say, where can I de-risk my business? The less risky your business is, the more it's worth. Um, if you were to take our digital course or come to a boot camp, you're going to hear us say sustainable, predictable, and transferable cash flow. Um, the less risky your cash flow is, the more valuable your business is. You've got to identify the ways to de-risk your business, to drive up the value of your company. And then the fifth principle, once you understand, is the fifth one for a reason, because once you understand where you're trying to go, why you're trying to do it, and what your major strategies are to do what Pat just said, you got to surround yourself with a team of advisors that can help you with those acquisitions, help you maximize the, the net proceeds, maximize your tax strategies, and do all the things that are necessary to protect yourself. So the point of the five principles is to help you shift your mindset away from annual income to long-term value creation to give yourself more choices and freedom. And all of this stems from a financial foundation that you can make decisions from. You know, again, with the whole point of this, this uh, series right now that we're talking about is you have to get clarity on where you're at. You have to build an intentional plan and all that has to be boiled down into the financial so you can track and measure and monitor this stuff. Then you can start getting going and to to execute this stuff because again, you can go, okay, I get it all, but now what do I do about this? So let's talk about what what are the things that people are doing that we know that are that are marching towards success? Again, these aren't people that have won the lottery. They haven't won VC funding. They're not just getting blank checks because they're awesome. They're doing a lot of hard work, but they're getting rewarded for the hard work. So let's talk about what some of those people that are our clients or people that are entrepreneurs that we know are successful that have shifted their mindset and what they're doing. Kind of walk through uh, what, what some of those steps are. Yeah, you know... The- when people have gone through and they understand these five principles, they've done the work to kind of help identify that, they get to the point where they're like, okay, what are the things I want to do to run my business that just make the most sense to me? Every business owner should be doing these things. Um, you know, whether you just started today or you've owned your business for 25 years, you know, a financial assessment. We've talked a little bit about the 13 week cash flow, your budgeting, um, your projections. You need to have clean financial statements, your personal finances need to be separate from your business, your your financial statements need to be uh, accurate, timely, and useful. There's just a whole kind of financial assessment. Where am I from a financial reporting? Do I understand the metrics that are relevant to my business so I can spot trends and opportunities to, to maximize as I go along? So having a financial assessment is huge. We recommend people get a business valuation you know, what is my business really worth today? It doesn't have to be a $50,000, you know, 60 page report. These things can be done for a few thousand dollars. And it's not, it's not about selling. You got to understand. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just, you could be 30 years old and you, you've had a business for two years and it's worth doing because the goal is five years from now, 10 years from now, 25 years from now, I want my business to be worth more all the time, you know, as I'm growing all the time. So knowing where you're starting from is critical 
to, to know where you want to be, what path am I going to take? So, you know, just understanding that, that, uh, that business valuation is just really important. We haven't had one client who, when they got that, it wasn't an eye opener to them and just kind of really helped set the foundation for what they wanted to do next. Because what you're doing is as, we're, as you got that valuation, you then take some assumptions of if it were to be sold today. So if it's 5 million bucks, that's what it's entered. The enterprise value is worth. And we have a whole you know, multiple, like, I mean, I don't think it's like a dozen videos and a couple hours in the, the, the digital course in the bootcamp about this, but understanding, okay, hypothetical taxes, hypothetical deal structures, that 5 million bucks would net me 2 million bucks today. That's not enough. So what we've watched our clients or anybody that's doing this intentionally do is they're measuring and monitoring this valuation on their EBITDA, their normalized EBITDA in their annual budget and forecasting. So you can actually look at this stuff and say, am I getting a rate of return on all the investments that I'm doing? And how am I doing? And what's the, what's the value of this asset? So if you think about the, the, the steps we're talking about, you've got the financial steps, you do the valuation, and I say, okay, what do I want from this long term? So the third step is, I have an idea of what I want. But this is not a job. This is not just something that I'm waking up and just having, you know, I'm living life and taking things as they come. No, I'm, I'm specifically doing things every day for a specific lifestyle that I want, whether it's travel or if I'm specifically want an outcome for my business, you've just written that down and then you're measuring and monitoring that with the financial step Pat has talked about. So then Pat, what's the next step as, as you're, once you've identified this, how do you actually implement this in your business? You know, the, the next thing you have to do is go through an assessment to figure out how to grow the value of your business. And again, you look at the different areas of your business. There are eight of them that we talk about in the videos. And you need to assess the risk of each of these areas. Because again, if you can de-risk your company, you can grow the value of your business. One quick example, if you have 75% of your revenue that comes from one client, you have a risky business. Somebody's not going to pay you a lot for that because of all the risk associated with it. So you may say that's an area of risk to de-risk that. I need to develop strategies to get that 75% down to 15% over some period of time. So just understanding where the risk areas are in your business. I think a lot of people have kind of figured that out recently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people understand. You know, and financial health, you know, are your financial statements clean? Are your, you know, is your balance sheet, you know, strong? Those are all... Those are all components of evaluating um, the, the different areas of your business and, and coming up with a risk factor. And so identifying that so that you can see clearly um, what the areas are that need to be worked on is the, is the next step. And then once you're done with that, you have to refine your, your, refine your strategic plan, not some, or develop one or develop one. Right. And this is not your VTO. This is not a goal of going from five to $10 million. This is specifically, what products and services are we going after and what markets for what pricing, for what type of clients do we want? Very specific and being able to show that in your financials. Like this is exactly how we're going to obtain 2 million in EBITDA. Not just a goal. This is a very specific strategic plan and don't make it so complicated that you don't implement it. This is not a $100,000 Procter & Gamble strategic plan. These are just choices like Pat says all the time. Choices that you got to make, but they're choices that you intentionally make instead of just randomly implementing something and realizing it doesn't work. So then Pat, why don't you walk into the, the sixth step of like, okay, I've got my plan, but how do I make sure that I get this? Yep. Once you develop your strategic plan, which again is just choices that I'm making in order to, if I implement these, I think I'll get to my goal. You know, then you've got to, once again, 
factor those into your financials. Can I afford these choices? If, if your strategy was to open 40 new offices in 40 new cities, can you afford that? Do you have the financial capability of doing that? So you got you to gotta roll all those strategies and the financial consequences of them into your financial statements. Again, income statement, balance sheet, statement of cash flows. So at the end of the year, if you've implemented these and it's gone according to plan, what are my financials going to be looking like? Is my bank going to support me? Am I going to have enough working capital? Am I going to drive value when I do these based on increased EBITDA and multiples and paying down debt? I'm not saying you don't need to take on debt sometimes to do this, but you just got to look. return with that debt, right? You got to have a return on the investment. Is, is it yeah. a smart debt? Is it something that, smart that will debt. get me a higher value at the end of the day? So, you know, having a, having a strategy a great strategic plan is awesome, but until you understand how that impacts your financials, you, you haven't completed the cycle. You haven't come to the full circle where you understand why that's important. And then the last step, so the seventh step of, of actually getting going and implementing this is an operating system. So there's too many, you know, in Minnesota, we're a hotbed for EOS implementers. And I absolutely love that system because it's easy and it's easy to understand. And there's Rockefeller habits and OKRs, four disciplines, there's all this stuff, but there has to be a normal rhythm of how you're implementing this stuff. Too many pe- people stop there. They start, they start by doing the good meetings and annual planning, but then it has nothing to do with the financials, nothing to do with strategic plan, nothing to do with value creation, nothing to do with what they want. So what happens is what we just described, people wake up and they go, oh my gosh, I realize now that I couldn't get anything I want and I don't have choices because I didn't intentionally plan this. So the whole point is you get to the point of number or step number seven, you say, okay, I understand all this stuff. Now I'm have a normal weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual rhythm implementing all the strategies and we're measuring and monitoring that with a financial foundation that we've put together. I mean, it's just, it's really just discipline, but I've watched our clients and I've watched people that are doing this, that they have the ability to get what they want. I mean, it's not always, but like they have the ability to have choices. If a pandemic happens, <laughs> they've got choices and they're, they've got the data to be able to make the choices. It might be hard choices, but they're, they've at least got the data. Well, and even outside of some big life event, like we're, you know, or some big event that we're going through now having an intentional plan to grow the value of your business. These are the steps that people need to go through. I think it may seem daunting. It's not. You know, Ryan's been working on this for years. We've developed a a very logical step-by-step, you know, process of of taking business owners through this and and it all builds on each other and becomes very clear and and understandable. Um, You know, we find a lot of times business owners are just, haphazardly or randomly, you know, chasing after something, you know, uh, for the moment. And and there's no intention or purpose behind it. And if you can get intentional about this, shift your mindset a little bit, these things become very logical. It, it, it may seem a little bit overwhelming. It's not, we have, we've had many clients that we've helped go through this and the clarity that they gain is, it's, it's really fun. Um, it is fun. To, to watch them go through it. And, and they end up having more fun with their business. Well, and, and so let's just break it down to what we, the recap of what we just discussed. So the whole point is to get clear, get intentional, and then get going. So we talked about getting clear. We know that things have changed, right? So the build, the get, it, get, your, get a handle on what's going on right now. So build your 13-week cash flow statement, revise your annual budget and forecast, or build one if you don't have one. So you have a, an understanding of where you're at. And so that's why we've got the Mastering Your Cash Flow course. So we've got inside of that, we've got 
the template of the 13-week cash flow statement that Pat has built out, it's dynamic. So you, your team, all the people that are that are surrounding you can fill it out your, the, yourself. We've got seven videos, how-to guide. Just whatever you do, get a handle on where you're at. So get clear and then start getting intentional. So we've got our, we've, we've digitized our bootcamp. Um, so it's not a replacement for the bootcamp, but we've, we've built the curriculum to the point where you can start learning this stuff now. So while your team's getting a handle on everything, you can start learning, okay, well, how do I intentionally do this? What you, what we just described, you've got the ability to go through it. You can do it yourself or you can hire us as a, as a guided coach to go through it for 30 days and then get going. Start executing this stuff because based on my career as an entrepreneur, I too many times I've been in peer groups where people are like, oh, I wish I would have been in a different spot in 08 when everything took a shit and I had the ability to capitalize on this. But we're in that right now. And the people that actually do this, build their plan, get intentional and have the data and have the plan are going to be the ones in five years that, is, that, are, that are really successful or have more options because they did it today instead of, again, round two saying, I wish I would have. Yeah. And it's scary right now, or it might, there's a lot of uncertainty, but you can build the plan to give you the foundation to be able to make those, those calls when and how the opportunities might arise. Like Ryan, Ryan described it very well, you know, getting yourself in a position, not just with the circumstances we're in now, but down the road, whether you get an out of the blue offer, some life event happens, some opportunity to buy a company, you know, an acquisition that just a once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, to to be in that spot where you can take advantage of those opportunities or defend yourself against, against problems um, just makes all the difference in the world. Because when you get to the end of the day and you said, man, I've really created a, a more valuable business, that's a great feeling. Well, I, mean, I watched like in the course, Pat, when we're going through those financials and like the, 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 <laughs> when you say it's exciting, I mean, when you have that information and you can say, Hey, I've got a $4 million acquisition on the table. When and how do I want to pay for that? How much money down? What's the terms? All that stuff. You can slot it right into your financials and go, look at, this is what it does. Yep. I mean, like there's nothing more uh, amazing than that versus like, I mean, I'm too many times I've watched people acquire a company go, okay, well now what? (laughs) No, no clue. Like how do we measure the integration? How much are we going to pay? It's emotional. This is just the point of all, all this is to, is to build the foundation, have those choices. So again, what the goals, what the, the step is, get, get clear get intentional, get going, check out the master, your cash flow uh, mini course. We've got our digital uh, digital course, which is on the five principles about how to intentionally grow the value of your company. When live boot camps resurface uh, towards the end of 2020, which we'll be doing, not a replacement, it's a live, live event um, for entrepreneurs, but we're willing to help in all those different ways. And then how we help on the get going is fractional CFO services as we're looking at, at strategically as a CFO sitting next to you, building the financials to make this not stressful for you. That's the whole point that you can be in the visionary and the entrepreneur's perspective. We can give you the, the data and the information that you need to, to make those decisions. So I'm doing an outro because I normally do, but I doubt I need one. You're probably already sick of listening to me. Big takeaway is we want to help. And I hope that the Mastering the Cashflow digital course is 95 bucks. Go check it out. The show notes have the links in it. I hope that you have all the information, the resources, the video, the templates to have you and your team do it. We're here to help. We'd love to help. 
I hope you get clarity into where you are right now. What's what cash is coming in the door? What cash is going out the door? Let's build a plan to grow value by building a solid financial foundation right now. It's the only way you're going to get out of this. There's going to be help. There's going to be opportunities. There's going to be things to come, but you got to get going and getting attentional right now. Check out the Mastering Your Cashflow digital course or reach out. Until next week, I hope you have a good one.